You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Maybe the Mets are just really bad. First segment today, we will discuss a loss. Shocker. 5-0. Mets shut out again against a bad team to drop another series. Second segment, we're going to look at these last 17 games where the Mets have fallen flat the most offensively. Go through each hitter who has been struggling. Then, final segment, a little bit of a Friday Farm Report. Does it even make sense to call up the kids, or are the veterans struggling so much that it wouldn't even make a difference? Before we get into any of that, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, at FicklesteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Well, the Mets lost another series that's five in a row. Over the last 17 games, they are 4-13, and and it's just not getting any better. As much as... I always try to err on the side of optimism. I'm struggling to find any these days. And this game on Thursday was just lifeless, frustrating, and a game where, granted, I don't think things really bounce the Mets' way, but that's just what happens when you get into one of these spirals. And Kodai Sanga gives up four runs in the first inning. Overall, I didn't think Sanga's stuff was that bad, but there are times where we see him you know, be his own worst enemy, walking batters, not necessarily attacking. And then, again, to the bad luck side of things, in that first inning, there was a couple of blue pits that if they don't happen, saying it gets through the inning, and maybe he gives you a quality start. Maybe he goes six innings. But instead, he's out there for, you know, 40 pitches or however much it ended up being. He was out there for an eternity. Four runs come across. And credit to him for getting back in that game enough to get to the Mets or to get the Mets through five. But it was just another instance where the Mets are immediately down. And I don't know if that's why the lineup is struggling. I can't just say it's the starting pitching's fault for the lineup not performing. It's a collective effort. You know, one usually passes the baton to the other. And last year it was quality starting pitching. It was having a guy like Trevor Williams. How much did the Mets miss Trevor Williams this year? To have that long man who was so effective, they haven't had that. And poor Tommy Hunter at 37 years old with a bad back is out there throwing 35 pitches every other day. It's just game after game, every side kind of dropping the ball. And to see you go to Cincinnati, hitter's ballpark, in a bullpen game and get shut out, it doesn't matter if the Mets hit the ball hard at times because they did. They did hit into some bad luck. But once again, you get shut out by a team that you are supposed to be head and shoulders better than. 
And where is that pride? Where is that you know desire? Now, there was a video from uh, when Pete Alonso homered the other day. And you see Francisco Alvarez kind of jumping up and down, being like a little kid because he is. He's 21 years old, excited to have tied the game. You see Stone Marte frustrated walking right past him. I look at that type of a video, and I try to figure out the clubhouse. And I'm not in there every day. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, when fans are calling for prospects to, to come up, I guess the big reason for it is you just don't know what else you can call towards. But I do think that youthful exuberance could help this team. Not to say Ronnie Mauricio and Mark Fanta should be up and in the lineup every day. Because I don't think that's the case. In the next segment, I'm going to get into where the struggles really have lied and what the Mets need to have happen. And it's not prospects saving the day. But I do think that they need to you know, take a page out of the book of their prospects. And these veterans like Amarte, like a Lindor. Like a Nimmo, McNeil, Alonzo, Canna, all of these guys should watch Francisco Alvarez jumping up and out with his hands up. I'm not saying you need to lean into the kids as far as starting four of them. I'm saying you got two kids who are performing really well. Maybe feed off of their energy. Maybe feed off of a guy like Alvarez who's just thrilled to be out there day game after night game, getting to catch every day at the big league level, living out a dream. Get back to that place where you're playing baseball for the fun of it and you're not in that kind of self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh my God, here it is again. We're losing. We're losing. We're losing. Because teams can psych themselves out, and we know the Mets are more talented than this. We know that this lineup should not be getting shut out seven times you know, at this stage of the season. They got shut out eight times all of last year, seven times, and we're not even through May. Where is that team that passed the baton? Where is that team that grinds starting pitchers to a halt? You got a bullpen game, and you let the Reds just execute it and be like, we're going to pass it to this guy, to the next guy, and no one really feels it. No one's out there in a bullpen game with 37 pitches laboring as they try to find their way through nine innings. People are just cruising through. It was a weak effort, and there's been a consistent lack of, and I don't want to say they're not trying. Because we know these guys are giving it all they have. They don't want to lose. But they're certainly playing with a loser's mentality at this point. That you can't ignore when you go through what's near a 20-game stretch at this point. You know, 4-13 and in the last 17 games. The Mets could take the next three games against the Nationals. And it's still a seven and thirteen stretch in a twenty game span where you're, you know, six games under. They got to snap out of it quick, because June, June's a tough month. You know what? Baseball's weird. The Mets might play their best run uh, of games against really good teams because sometimes maybe you play up to or down to competition. But this game today, it's not worth breaking down inning by inning. Sanga. Gives up five, gets through five, and the lineup does nothing. That's your game recap. The next segment, what I want to do is go through this run of bad play by the Mets these last 17 games um, and try to pinpoint you know, where they can get some improvement. I really just talk about some guys that have been playing horribly lately. And we're going to go through the numbers of that in just a minute. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by So Rare. 
Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace. Transform your fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against their global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards, which can include sober scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. So if we look at the stats, since April 22nd, that was the third game against the San Francisco Giants. Remember, the Mets were 14-7 and entering that third game of this series against the Giants. The end of a grueling West Coast swing where the Mets swept the Athletics and beat the Dodgers in route to taking the first two in that series in San Francisco. This Mets lineup has just been awful since then. And these stats don't even include today. So we'll look at all of the Mets hitters and what each of them has done during that stretch. We start with the best two players on this team over that span. Who's leading the charge when it comes to Fangrass wins above replacement? None other than Francisco Alvarez. 294 hitter, 368 on base, 618 slug. Again, this does not include the game on Thursday, but Alvarez had a double and went two for four. He has a 170 way to runs created plus. Again, way to runs created plus measures hitters based on a league average of 100. So he's been 70% better than your league average hitter. He should probably not be batting ninth. Should probably bump him to the sixth hole and probably push Don Marte into the nine hole the way he's been playing and also the fact that it would give you a double leadoff situation. But I guess maybe that's a story for another day. Brett Beatty, uh, 15 games played, 286 average, 364 on base, 469 slug, 135 WRC plus. Granted, he has been struggling a bit as of late, a little bit of a mini slump, but he's still hitting the ball pretty hard. I'm not too concerned about Brett Beatty. From there... The only other positive offensive player is Daniel Vogelback. 300 hitter, 404 on base, 450 slug, one home run, three runs, six RBIs, 145 WRC+. He is striking out 31.9% of the time, which isn't great, but he's still walking 15% of the time. So he's doing his job as much as I want to bang the drum for Mark Vientos, and we'll discuss him and Ryan Maurice in the final segment today because it's uh, a daily conversation among Mets fans. Uh, the roster crunch is puzzling, to say the least, because how do you bump one of the three guys that's actually been productive for you, the only veteran during this stretch that's giving you quality at bats is getting on base with a 400 clip. As much as I continue to advocate for it, it's hard to make that argument other than knowing that Mark Fiantos is a better chance to lead the yard and knowing how ill-fitting this roster is right now. Okay, so you go beyond that, right? Francisco Lindor has to be better. He's in 213, 273 on base, 377 slug. He's actually dropped the strikeouts compared to his season rates at 21.2%, which is good, but he's walking at a 6.1% clip. Uh, you know, the power hasn't entirely been there. Two home runs. 
You'd like to see more than that over a 16-game stretch. But still, it's just inconsistent play. You could say that the BABIP of 244 is due for some positive regression, and that is batting average on balls put in play. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Lindor. I don't know where these struggles are coming from. He's out there every single day, and you need him. You need Francisco Lindor to to be the guy he was last year, or you're going nowhere because he's supposed to be your best player, and he just hasn't done it. Now, granted, 10 RBIs lead the team. So as much as he hasn't done it, he's done it more than a lot of guys. Uh, brings you to Brandon Immo. Uh, you know, he has had some struggles during this stretch. He was on top of the world. He was unbelievable when the Mets were winning games. Since, you know, April 22nd, numbers are pretty bad, okay? Honestly, I was probably wrong to give him some credit yesterday, although it was coming off a game where he had three hits and drove in the game-winning run. But he's striking out 28.6% of the time. Only walking 57 238 average, 300 on base, 397 slug. Just slightly uh, below league average, but still below league average with a 95 WRC+. Jeff McNeil, 263, uh, average 311 on base, 351 slug, 89 WRC+. Not great, okay? Pete Alonzo, 161 average, 266 on base, 357 slug, 78 WRC+. And then Starling Marte, 208 average, 236 on base, 208 slug. Has not had an extra base hit in over a month at this point, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and his win runs created plus is 28. Throwing Mark Canna, too, as an everyday guy for the most part. 220 hitter, 261 on base, 317 slug, 61 WRC plus. And even a Guillaume, who's getting pretty good run, 211, 250, uh, 263 slug, 47 WRC plus. All of these guys aren't hitting. And as much as we can point towards the prospects, and again, we'll get to them in the final segment. If Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor, Jeff McNeil, Brandon Immo, and Stalling Marte aren't playing good baseball, how do you expect the Mets to? Because unless they put someone like Marte on the IL, these are five guys that are going to be in there almost every single day. And if five-ninths of your lineup is not performing, I don't care how good your prospects are. I don't care if you have... Mark Vientos in there instead of Daniel Vogelback and Ronnie Mauricio in there instead of Mark Canna or Louis Guillaume or Tommy Pham for that matter. Your team is still going nowhere if those five guys don't step up. It's just that simple. So as much as we want to call for prospects and everything else, and I get it. Until you get the production you were expecting from your guys, this team's going nowhere, and that's completely brushing aside the lack of pitching during this ban. Because that's been equally as bad. You have not gotten quality starts rarely ever during this stretch. I know I, I, I let me let me pull up the pitching stats uh, across this span too. And obviously this won't include Sanga. David Robertson, your only good pitcher. Six innings. He's only thrown six innings because uh, you know, it's it's hard to, to get him in there when there's not a lot of save opportunities, but 15 strikeouts per nine. Zero ERA, Kodai Sanga, this is not including today's start, so he was good before that. Verlander's been good, uh, but you go to David Peterson with a 10 ERA and three starts. Tyler McGill, a six ERA and three starts. Uh, you know, just go down the line. Jimmy Yacobonis, 13.50 ERA, 6.75 for Nogasek and Curtis. Everyone has pitched bad. Scherzer, only one start during this complete downfall from the Mets. 
and he went three and a third, and you know has the the ERA that's just brutal. I don't remember how many runs he gave up. Right in front of me, I see a 16.20 ERA uh, in that one start, obviously, but still. Um, Joey Lucchese, three starts, six, seven, five ERA. The whole team's playing bad. And when the entire team plays bad, guess what? I know it's shocking. I shouldn't say it so flatly. If your entire team plays bad, you lose baseball games. It's crazy. Could prospects save the day? I don't think so. I'll explain why in just a minute. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you want to help uplift the Mets and and cheer for them like you should and get this team back on track, the next time they're in town, use the Game Time app because you're going to find tickets with killer deals on last-minute seats. And honestly, the way the free fall is going, those tickets might get cheaper and cheaper. So, hey, this is where you want to go. They have their best price guaranteed. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find the ticket in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through email. Sign the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code Locked on MLB. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code Lockdown OB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Every single day, I log into Twitter. And I see Mets fans calling for Ryan Reese, Joe, and Mark Vientos. And I have been a culprit of that same desire to see the kids play. And I watch Mark Vientos hit home runs probably every other day in Syracuse. And I think that would look good in the Mets lineup. And while I still believe that to be the case, when you just go through the numbers like I did there, and when you see Alvarez and Beatty performing and the team going nowhere, what exactly makes you believe that Mark Vientos can come in with his white cape and save the season. That Ron Mauricio can. The Mets are in a weird spot because nothing's going right. And it's like being in a ship where holes are, are popping up everywhere and you're just trying to plug them and you don't have enough hands to do it. You don't have enough stoppers to stop the ship from sinking. But... The only way that the Mets can turn this around is if their guys that are up there right now start performing. And Mark Vientos, unfortunately, does not fit this roster currently. Now, you have guys like Tommy Famine and Wardo Escobar who have barely been playing lately. You can make the case that, you know what, let's just get the right-handed DH up Let's say, all right, who cares about positional flexibility? Let's put Eduardo Escobar, uh, you know, through waivers and call up Vientos. But then if there's an injury to Brett Beatty or something else happens at third base, you're going to be regretting that decision. You know, you're just in a weird spot because 
you could say, all right, get rid of Tommy Pham, and maybe the Mets can do that. Maybe the Mets can get by with three real outfielders on the roster and Jeff McNeil. But that's a scary situation to be in. Hey, maybe Brett Beatty plays some outfield. Maybe you figure out a way to make it work because you want to get that extra bat in there against lefties. But how much are you facing lefties and how much is the team going to stay pretty much the same? So then you say, all right, well, Ronnie Mauricio is a better positional fit. Put Ronnie Mauricio at second base. And, and I will say the path to playing time is there because you could say, all right, we're going to put Mark Hanna on ice. Now, granted, what does that mean for the rest of your roster construction? Who's going down? Are you just saying, all right, infielder for infielder, Louis Guillaume has options. We're going to option him. Call up Mauricio. Great. Well, now what role are Mark Canna and Tommy Pham both serving on this roster? Now, you might say, look, option Guillaume, call up Mauricio, and DFA Pham. But you do that, for one, you sacrifice some depth by, by getting rid of Pham. And two, all of a sudden, you are asking Ryan Mauricio to step into an everyday role. We'll see how he adjusts to the big leagues when he gets here. But nobody expected Ronnie Mauricio to be playing Mets baseball in May. No one. And you talk about, you know, checkpoints that a prospect needs, you know, to, to tick before they come up to the show. This guy still doesn't have a ton of time in AAA. And he's a guy that probably shouldn't be rushed if he really has the potential to be this type of a player. Now, again, because the positional fit makes sense, because you might look for a spark, maybe you do call him up. Maybe you do say, look, it doesn't hurt us to option Guillaume. You call up Mauricio, you move Canada to the bench, you play Jeff McNeil on left every day, and you just see what happens. And I wouldn't be mad at it. I'd be excited to see the results of it. But again, unless you get more production from Alonzo, McNeil, Nimmo, Marte, and Lindor, unless that happens... You're still going nowhere. Ryan Mauricio, Francisco Alvarez, and Brett Beatty can't win games by themselves. They can't. And it's not fair to ask them to. So as much as we want to look and say, oh, the prospects can save the day, the prospects aren't going to go on the mound and pitch. They're not going to be the ones that stop you from giving up four runs in the first inning. And they don't get to take every at-bat throughout the game. The most you could do with the prospects is four at-bats. And considering the learning curve that most players endure at the beginning of their big league career, maybe Brett Beatty is going through some of it right now, you don't necessarily want all of that at once. You hope that veterans that have a pedigree can snap out of it quickly and turn your season around. And at least you got four against the Nationals to try. Didn't even preview that series. Uh... What is there to preview? Okay. You're probably going to get uh, Miguel Lucchese, Scherzer, hopefully, and Verlander. That's the ideal scenario when it comes to the pitching uh, that you'll see. But look, we just need this Mets lineup to, to hit if you're a fan here. Um, and you got to hope that you get some lucky starts, maybe, um, from, from these guys the next couple of days, McGill and Lucchese against a national team that shouldn't be putting up a lot of runs against this this Mets team, but we would have said the same thing about the Reds. Um, we would have said the same thing about the Tigers, the Rockies. Series after series, the Mets continue to disappoint. I closed the show the way I opened it. Maybe the Mets are just really bad.